Hi, welcome to the i3 podcast. My name is Kayode Oguta. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to be in your space every week. The i3 podcast is an innovation and engagement to ensure that your leadership journey is beautiful and your experience wonderful. Many people don't have beautiful and wonderful experiences in leadership, but it will not be so amongst anyone who listens to the i3 podcast. We will give you simple, beautiful nuggets that would eliminate the gap between what you really want to do and the capacity of yours to deliver high-quality, exceptional leadership, even in whatever space you are, be they the profit, non-profit, or governmental. Now, today, we're continuing our beautiful series every week, which we talk about the lessons from um, from COVID. And today's own is that we're talking about lessons from fragility. So our topic today is lessons from fragility. One of the things that COVID has taught every one of us is the fragility of most states, most systems, and most structures. Now, if you look at many states, they became overwhelmed by the quality of um, uh, the, 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 the IT, um, the health system became overwhelmed by the, the vast numbers of people that came down with the COVID um, disease. If you look at many industries, the structures collapsed just over the weight over the pandemic. Now, the truth is, you have gotten to see that we have never seen the world as fragile as it is. The economic world has been so fragile. America lost over 30 million jobs in one month just because of the COVID crisis. It tells me that many states, many countries, many structures, many systems are extremely fragile. After the 2001, after the 2001 um, uh, World Trade um, uh, Center incident, one of the things that happened to many companies and many industries is the fact that they decided that IT would be able to recover from any kind of disaster. But I realized that when they, they made IT go through a lot of processes to be able to recover, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't think about how the business will recover if there was a crisis. It was just only IT. Now, many industries um, have what I call the just-in-time um, um, process. So the just-in-time process meant that, that every inventory only came into the, into the business at the time in which they required it. But the question was, what if the supply chain, uh, the supply chain structure was impacted like COVID did? So I think that one of the things that it would, this has taught us is the fact that we're going to be changing from maybe just in time to continuous supply so that we would be able to, um, to win whenever any kind of, um, any kind of, uh, pandemic comes again. Now, when you look at most of the world, most organizations, most states are in near-time survival mode. The only item on the agenda is how are we going to survive this crisis? How are we going to survive this crisis? Many businesses looking at the fact that many of their, uh, many of their structures have been impacted. They're just thinking, how are we going to survive this pandemic? So it's just about survival. They're not even thinking of driving. They're not thinking about soaring. They're just thinking about how do we survive this pandemic? So the question is, if they're going to survive, all they're waiting for is the pandemic to be over. What if the pandemic is not over? What if the pandemic is over and we come into a new world, even different from the world in which we were during the pandemic? It changes the entire perception, the perspective. So today's podcast is just about teaching us certain things that would help us so that we can learn lessons from what from 
from from fragility now i will talk about five things so it will be a very brief podcast today and one of the first things the first thing i'm going to talk about this fact that many of the or most of the successes touted by nations and countries or even organizations were all fragile it means that we have to rethink how to ensure that the successes can withstand strains and shocks if our systems and our structures and our systems cannot withstand strain then we cannot be said to be in a beautiful position now why do i say that most countries look at most beautiful most, most industrialized countries america could not withstand the shocks of the pandemic 30 million jobs lost in one month it meant that the economy could not withstand the shocks of a major economic disaster many countries are like that so what does it tell you and i to think about as leaders we've got to be able to begin to think that we must not just be building successes but we must be building systems and structures that can withstand shocks and if we do not do that then our our success will be continually be fragile now everything has been fragile advantages have been fragile systems are fragile industries are fragile when you're thinking about um, fragile things then you've got to be able to think about how do you win when there are when even like triple economic shocks that happen to demand to supply and to liquidity when the risks are so enormous and you're just thinking about the fact that even the human mind cannot even contemplate how enormous this risk are now you've just got to sit down and think how do we build buffers into our systems our structures and our states in such a way that we'll be able to withstand such pandemic so there are countries that live on maybe oil as their only source of income and maybe the price of oil went below the cost of production from so many months how would that country be able to survive if there were no buffers if there were no buffers it meant that countries and organizational leaders must begin to think that where is our buffers that can help us win when we think about when we're thinking about how to win in the marketplace or in the industries or what are the buffers that we have even the non-profit organizations what are the buffers that they have if we're not able to um, like most uh, most uh, for non-profit most non-profit organizations like the churches went online so what were the buffers well how could we win how could we win in such scenarios such that we could always still keep to our purpose, our mandates, and our commission without losing the entire concept of what we're meant to do. Now, we got to think like that. So, number one thing is that most of the successes that we're thinking about are fragile. That is the first lesson. Most of the successes that, that are celebrated, that's so fragile. Recently, someone sent me um, um, that Zoom is worth more than the 14 um, airlines in America, top airlines in America combined. If what airlines combined together, one industry, one, one company worth more than the, the top 14 airlines. So it means that an industry doing better than probably, or a business doing better than probably an industry gives you a room, uh, a big thought for concern. Now, the question is that it might not always remain so, but we got to begin to think that many of the things that we think are beautiful are extremely fragile so it's a lesson you and i as leaders have to incorporate into our decision making how fragile are our successes how fragile are our advantages how fragile are our systems how fragile are the, in- the even the industry that we're playing with we're playing in how fragile is it to 
to to triple economic shocks of demand, supply, and liquidity. How fragile is our nonprofit, even to even to and uh, even to a pandemic? How fragile is anything that you're involved with? How fragile is the question every exceptional leader must begin to ask? How fragile are you? Uh, the organization or the non-profit or even the government that you're running how fragile are they now if you can take a good assessment of your fragility then it will be an important stepping stone so that you will be able to understand what to do in order to win so the question you have to come into terms with is the fragile nature of where you and i are the second thing in which i think would will help in thinking in um uh, in lessons in fragility is that we must begin to think in bets there's a lady called annie duke who wrote a book she was a professional poker player and the first and probably the only woman to have won the wsop tournament of champions and the nbc national um heads up poker championship now she's a speaker and a consultant on decision strategy and she said that great decisions are like are not like chess but they're like pokers they're like pokers in chess it's about strategy there's not much luck everything is about Everything's in the open and nothing randomly appears or disappears. But in poker, you don't have all the facts. You don't even know what the other person is thinking. So here are some important things I learned from her. She spoke about the fact that a bet is a decision about an uncertain future. So we're going to so leaders are going to be thinking in bets forms. We're going to be thinking of how do we take a decision in an uncertain future. Two things determine how your life on or two things will determine how your life will turn out. The quality of your decisions and luck. The quality of your decisions and luck. Now it's important to realize that that the times we just got to agree that we may just we're just playing lucky. And we have to understand, like Jim Collins wrote in Great by Choice, that there must can be a return on luck. So how do we position ourselves to even win on luck? Because we cannot just assume that there will be no luck involved in this game. So, so two things will turn out. The quality of a decision and luck. Now, now she said something about which was very important. That you cannot equate the quality of a decision with the quality of his outcome. No, because a bad result does not mean a bad decision. She said, that was very instructive. She said a bad result does not mean a bad decision. And we can still make good decisions and yet have bad outcomes. We can still make good decisions. I have bad So she was thinking. So I think that's how leaders should begin to think. They think in bets. Understand that yes, some of the, the, the decision making process is the most important thing that you are going to be thinking about. Not just the result, but the decision making process itself. It's a. It's going to be what you are going to be thinking about. So when a decision doesn't work out, don't feel or don't treat the result as if it's the inevitable consequences of a bad or a problem uh, or a problematic one. Only focus. On what? On the, and don't focus just only on the outcome. You're going to be focusing on the process. What led to that? Once you have an understanding of that, then you and I will be in a good position to win. Now, the third thing I think all exceptional leaders must begin to realize is the fact that, and that's from lessons from fragility, is that data is gold but not God. Data is gold but not God. I think that most leaders worldwide were fixated on data. And they do not even do as little as scenario planning. COVID nineteen is called COVID nineteen because it was founded in COVID. It was founded in the year nineteen nineteen or twenty nineteen. Sorry about that. Now it was twenty nineteen. So probably leaders had more than two three months to be able to understand what was going on. But leaders were not into different scenarios or even states 
when I mean leaders, I'm not talking about or just industry leaders. I'm not talking about state leaders, national leaders, um, business that non-profit leaders. Nobody saw. Nobody could predict. Nobody was a seer to say this was what was going to go on. But COVID was already in existence. COVID was already de- devastating China by December or Wuhan by December um, twenty um, twenty nineteen. So how come there was no? How come there was no? response so we're not planning scenarios we're just planning we're just fixing it on data so i say to leaders that it's important to realize that data is gold but not god so you must you must look at what else can we picture from the environment what else can we see that is playing out what else so we're not just fixated on what's going on inside the organization or the data points we're looking at but what else? What random events is taking place that we may not or we may be missing? And the fourth thing I talk to leaders about, and I'm going to talk to you about, is that innovation is still born out of necessities. Now, like they always say, necessity is the mother of all invention. Companies like um, auto industries in America started changing their model. Instead of producing cars, anybody, nobody was moving around anyway. They started uh, producing what I call ventilators. Now, some com- um, a fashion design company in Nigeria started making, or that was into high luxury uh, products, started making f- um, masks, or even a lot of tailors started making masks. It's important that, that leaders will begin to think that every crisis always comes with it an opportunity because it comes with it that there's something out that, it's, that brings out that you and I have to respond to. And the time of response is short. You either respond to it or you're obliterated. So every crisis brings an opportunity for innovation. But if you're fixated on the old way, if you're fixated on the old normal, then you will not be able to respond to the new one. So instead of crying for, a, oh, let the old way come out, what, how are you responding? How are you innovating? How are you changing your structure to be able to respond to what's going on in the industry? And the final one I always talk about lessons from fragility is that history is still a good cause to study. The 1918 pandemic was around, was available. The 1918 pandemic told us about the fact that lessons from history tell, tells us about the fact that there was um, shelter in place, there was social distancing, there was a lot of things. And wasn't vaccine that won the 1918 pandemic. There were other things. So there's, there are lessons to be learned from history. One day I spoke to a friend of mine who was, who, is, who is an historian and I said that history always repeats itself. He said, no, similar events in history always repeat itself. We must begin to think about the fact that there are similar events that always take place. So history is being repeated or similar events in history are being repeated. The pandemic repeated itself almost 101 or two years after it had last happened. A lot of people died. A lot of people are dying. Shelter in place. It was carried about by transportation, by sea then. Now, by air, what are, the lessons in, what are the lessons for us? What were the things that took place then? How did they win and how would we win? Now, there are times I know that distance might become, um, might become something that would uh, be sacrificed. You understand? A lot of the industries might feel, oh, you know what? Let's, um, let's not travel. Let's stop the, the spread. But the truth is that when, men, when human beings forget about the pandemic and human memories are very short and fickle what happens you will see that we'll restore back to the, our old ways but what would old ways be would it be the ways that were be before or 
something different. That's what you and I may not know. That's why we're going to be thinking in bits. We don't know all the answers. We don't have all the solutions, but we think in bits. So the I3O podcast is available for you to help you navigate very strong and beautiful terrain. If you love us, please, um, what do I do? Um, subscribe. Tell other people about it. And if you do not, let us know and we'll get it better for you. God bless you. See you next week. It's a great time.